Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the Messy Wall Podcast. This is Pastor Matt, your host today with Pastor Adam. I am here, right over here. Yes, we're on episode 112 in the series, You Can Think Like Jesus Thinks. You Can Think Like Jesus Thinks. That's what we've been talking through, um, which I think is cool because I would really like to think like Jesus thinks. What Matt and I are trying to do is we have been, we've been talking, um, it's, it's been a couple weeks now, but we've been, we, pro- we preached not that long ago, a four-week series really kind of five weeks because Easter was yeah. a part of it, um, about this battle that we fight in our minds. So what Matt and I are trying to do, I don't know if anybody else is trying to do it, but we're trying to get our minds right. Yeah, We're trying to get our thinking right and our thoughts <laughs> yes. right. I'm trying to get my mind right. And so um, it, 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 I, and the reason I'm reason I'm so focused on this, or, or let me say that differently, the reason God has had me so focused on this, the Holy Spirit's had me so focused on getting my mind right for a very long time now, is because I'm always thinking negative. My thoughts always tend to mess me up. Yeah, that I, I clearly see that the, the the problems I face, the battles that I fight, they're mental. Vast majority of them, or at least all of them, start that way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And 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 what we know is that you and I are we are headed in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So what we are focused on thinking about, what's repetitive thinking for us, what our concerns and worries are constantly that we're going to. Um, that's the direction our life's going. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I, I don't know. Several months ago, I paused for a minute and I was like, if my life is headed in the direction of my strongest thoughts, am I excited about the direction my life is headed in? Ooh, that's a tough right? question. <laughs> right? And my answer back was no. Right. Yeah. Um, not that there wasn't things going on that was good or anything like that. I'm just saying that that what was ha- even if I was headed towards something good. If if I'm thinking thoughts that are negative and bad and all those things, then I'm not really heading that direction anyway. It's just kind of fake. You know yeah. what I mean, right? Because um, it's nothing's worse than you know you're headed to something good and you arrive there um, and you get there, but all you have is negative thoughts anyway. So now you're where you're supposed to be in something good and you still are bad. You know what I'm yeah, saying? You're still true. thinking bad. Like like I don't know if you've ever happened to you, Matt. You're a lot. You're a lot more mentally stable than I am. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you're steady, right? Hey, <laughs> I am. Uh, Valerie says loud and boisterous and emotional, yeah. right? And so I'm more roller coastery, and you're more steady. Well, I don't know if this has ever happened to, happen to you, but where you are, you know, you're going on vacation, you're headed somewhere on vacation, and you're excited about getting on vacation and getting there, right? Next, you got this goal, you got this spot, and like men, we're trying to get there as fast as we can. We don't want to stop to pee yeah, 16 yeah. times. Don't right? you drink anything? Right? You better not drink nothing. And, and you, <laughs> when you stop to get gas, everybody has to pee. Yes. Daddy, I don't have to pee. You're going to pee something, yep. right? You're going to preemptively pee, is what I say, <laughs> right? You better squeeze some drops out, right? Because as soon as we get driving down the road, you're not going to tell me you got to pee. Um, you're trying to get there, trying to get there, trying to yeah. get there. And, and that's supposed to be the fix, right? This has happened to me so many times. Like physically trying to get somewhere on vacation, and that's going to be the fix. That's going to be the good place. But I never got my mind right. Yeah. And then when I got there, even though we were there, I wasn't there because my mind won't right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. And so, you know, it's not like you're not headed, you know, you might be headed to a good spot. Things might be going good. But if you get there and you're having the same mental battle that you were having before on your way, then you're not really there in the first place. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So we, we've been talking about getting our minds right, right? And 
And what we thought we would do is, is we'd spend some time for going forward on the podcast, taking that thought further and going, hey, if we have the mind of Christ, then that means that we can actually think like Jesus thinks. Yes. Right? And once again, caveat again to say, this is not read some stuff, learn how Jesus thinks, and then apply it. This is supernatural. You have the mind of Jesus mm-hmm. if you are a Christ follower. Therefore, you can actually think like Jesus thinks, even if you don't fully understand it and grasp it. It's not intellectualizing this. It is actually letting the Spirit lead you because you actually have the mind of Jesus. That yep. makes any point. It right. makes any sense. So, yes. You know what I'm saying? So, so what we've done is we've basically said, hey, we think that there's 10 characteristics of a person who thinks like Jesus thinks. And the way you get there is you go, well, how does Jesus think? And then that's what a person who thinks like Jesus thinks is going to look like, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's 10 of them. The first one we said was is that a person who thinks like Jesus thinks is going to clearly say, I know exactly who I am. Right? Yeah. They are clear on their identity because Jesus is clear on his identity. You and I with the mind of Jesus can therefore be clear on our identity. Yes. And then last week we talked about um, that you can know God's purpose for your life. So a person who thinks like Jesus thinks is characterized by the statement, I know God's purpose for my life. Yeah. Jesus clearly knew God's purpose for his life. He was very adamant about it. And that means that with the mind of Christ, we can know God's purpose for our life. Yes. Not us going through scripture and finding it. There's nothing wrong with that. We should do that. <laughs> Like we should, we should do that. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that there's a there's a bigger, more powerful thing here. Yeah. That you actually have the mind of Jesus, and so you can know, like know and walk out God's purpose for your life. And so here's the third one today. Um, episode 112. Yes. Here's the third one today. Um, a person who thinks like Jesus thinks would say, "I'm always aware that God is with me." So. I know who I am, I know God's purpose for my life, and I know that God is with me. Yes. Right? Jesus clearly knew, and he says it a lot, and he and he not he don't just he doesn't just say it. He he actually walks you see him walking it out. Like yeah. you see this you see this surety, this surety that he has in his life of uh knowing that God is with him, right? That 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 he's not alone. Does that make sense? Even in the times that he is alone. It's like, is an example of this we're going to give you in Scripture. And so, by the way, we're going to throw the Scripture in the, for every episode, we're going to throw them in the discussion, um, excuse me, in the description, so that you have them. Um, people put those in show notes, but we don't have show notes on the Messy Walk Podcast. We just got descriptions. So we're going to put it in there. But you only got one Scripture for today, <laughs> but there's a lot of them you can look at where Jesus is clearly, clearly knows that the Father is with him. Like, there's these constant times where he pulls away for prayer, Um and it's just it's just clear, right? And he says it several times, but this is one that's really cool. This is John sixteen thirty two. What makes this one really neat is when he's saying this, right? The context. So I'll let Matt read the verse, and then we'll talk through the context a little bit. John sixteen thirty two. Right. It says a time is coming, and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, and yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. Yeah. So, I mean, just think about that. Like, John 14, 15, and 16 all happen um, either at the Last Supper or immediately following it. Um, you know, and like, kind of like 12 hours or so before he starts to be heading off to the crucifixion, right? Um, or 12 hours before he's actually crucified, actually. And so he's telling them, he's he spent 14, 15, 16 talking through, and actually some of 13, talking through, 
Like, here's what's going to go down, mm. you know? And and then in 14, he knows that they've got some doubts. They bring them up, right? And he kind of assures them in that. And then you walk into 14, 15, 16, he's also consistently pointing back to um, that I, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Like, you're going to be good. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, right? Like, I think it's John 16, 7 is where he says, it's better for you that I'm not here. Because if I'm because if I'm here, you don't get the Holy Spirit. But if yeah. I'm but if I'm gone, you get the Holy Spirit, right? So it's actually better, which is really cool for us, by the way. So we are on obviously this side of the resurrection. Yes. So Jesus is not here in bodily form, um, and we think all the time that it would be easier as Christ followers if Jesus was right here in front of us, because then we would just follow him clearly. Like who would deny it? Then you would just do what he said, do right. And Jesus is going, no, no, that's actually not the case. It's better for you if I'm not here because that's how important the Holy Spirit is to you yes. in your life, right? Like that's how that's how amazing it is that you can actually have the mind of Jesus, the Holy Spirit inhabiting your soul, and walk through the life life like this, right? And so he's setting all that up, and then he's telling them, look, it's coming. It's coming quick. Like what will happen fast where you're going to be scattered, and you're going to be scared, and you're going to run away, and you're going to hide because I'm dead. Yeah. Right? And – it's going to look like, it's going to appear like I'm alone, right? Because he knows they're all going to leave him, right? Everybody's going to run away. But he declares right here in this moment, like even in that moment, and that's, that's Jesus knowing what's coming, right? Knowing that he is going to be void of any other human relationship, basically, that they're all going to be gone. He still is certain that he's not by himself, hmm. that God is with me, yeah. right? God is with me. So so if there's a question of if there's a question of whether Jesus knows that God's with him no matter what, um, he, he just dispelled that question, right? right. So if it's so, so so if you're thinking about it when you're going, well, he knows God's with him, but he also still has Peter and he still has John and you know all these kind of things. No, he's talking about the moment where there ain't nobody. Yeah. There ain't a human being nobody. And I don't think I don't think you and I, I don't maybe not anybody listen can fully relate to that because I don't think we can any of us can fully relate to a time where there was absolutely nobody. No, I mean yeah, you know what always, I mean. Yeah, because we always had some some somebody, somebody yeah. yeah somebody. Um, and he's talking about a time where there will be absolutely nobody, and yet he's still assured that God is with me. Yeah, you can tell that it is more than just. Um, it's more than just head knowledge with Jesus. It's a he knows exactly who he is. He knows his purpose, and he knows that God is with him because they're all tied together, right? There's this obvious understanding that Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the Father, the Holy Trinity of the Godhead, are inseparable, mm-hmm. right? And that there is real community built into the very essence of God. Yeah, like the essence of who God is. I mean, there's a couple things you could say, but one of them you got to say is community. Like you have to say, yeah, it's a con- it's a it's a communal um, Godhead. If that makes any sense, yes. right? Um, and, and so I think that's pretty amazing because what you see is is that is that Jesus is always aware of God's constant care. Always. And you see him praying. He says this through prayer constantly, right? Um, and he's always talking to the Father constantly. He finds a way to get away and, and, and get away from the fray, right? Get away from everybody yeah. else, right? I mean, at times where you wouldn't think he would do this, he's pulling away, getting by himself. He's constantly aware that he and the Father are one. 
and that he's not by himself. And so how does this help us? Well, I think if you can, if you have the mind of Christ as a Christ follower, and that's our premise for the series, we yes. believe that, right? Then you can think like Jesus thinks, uh, which means you and I can be aware that we are never by ourselves anyway. So if you have in the past or you are right now, um, and if you haven't either one of them, you will in the future, I promise you, battled loneliness, mm-hmm. you can take this this part of Jesus and his mind to the bank for your mind. If you struggle with loneliness, look, the antidote to loneliness is thinking like Jesus thinks. That's good. That's the antidote. Mm-hmm. I, I um, A couple years ago, I don't know if we we all bring this back. We may add this to our podcast list and um, maybe revisit a sermon series I taught a long time ago and actually turn it into a podcast. We don't usually do that, but it might be a good one. Um, we taught a series a couple years ago. This was before you, Matt. I think I'm sure I'm certain it was on loneliness because my family and I, and when I say my family and I, I mean me and Valerie together. I mean me and Valerie separately. I mean us and our children, and I mean our children separately. Walked through an intense season of loneliness. Yeah, um, there were there were significant relationships within the church and also outside the church. There were significant relationships in our family um, that disintegrated. Mm. And you know you, you've experienced some of this. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and we all together and individually walked through this intense season of loneliness. Um, and so I think the Holy Spirit was really helping me and Valerie and then our kids together and separate understand loneliness, yeah. like understand it and walk through it a lot. And so as a matter of fact, one of the books we brought up on this podcast quite a bit is called The Path of Loneliness by um, uh, Elizabeth Elliott. I think we I think we brought that up on the one of the questions from a rookie pastor to a veteran yeah, pastor yeah, when you, yeah, asked me about, that, yeah. you asked me about books or something that were that impacted my life other than the Bible. That's one of them, yeah. um, The Path of Loneliness by Elizabeth Elliot. Um, anyway, through that book and then just scripture and prayer um, and just the Holy Spirit working, it helped me understand a lot more about loneliness. And what I have realized over the last couple of years, and so I think what was happening then is I was learning about it, right? Yeah. That there are, um, there are seasons of loneliness that happen because we cause it, and there are also seasons of loneliness that um, are God-ordained. Yeah. Yeah, that he... Intentionally, like like not all spiritual deserts are bad things. That God sometimes has us walk through these seasons on purpose, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, and so that's hard to hear. But I think in the last couple of years, what I've started to figure out, especially you know, as I've been trying to trying to get my mind right, you know, yeah, is that um, that understanding the mind of Jesus and that it is my mind too is the cure, the fix to to loneliness. Yeah. Right, it is the cure, and not in not believing um, that you are alone, that nobody understands, that there's nobody to talk to, that you know, uh, friends come, friends go. You know, you can't trust anybody. Like I can keep on saying a bunch. There's a lot of those things, yeah, yeah, right? Um, I'm not going to open myself up to anymore like this to somebody, or um, you know, th- this lie of the enemy. I'm the only one. Yeah. Right. Nobody else feels this way. Yeah, Nobody else true. struggles like this. <laughs> Nobody else does. I mean, the that's enemy loves. Like, the enemy wants to sidetrack. The enemy loves to tell you the lie. He loves to shoot the arrow of the lie that you're the only one yeah. in your heart. Because if he does that, man, he gets you feeling um, multiple ways. Like he gets you feeling all kinds of types of ways. 
He gets you feeling like um, you can't open up to anybody because you're the only one, and that would be embarrassing, and you look stupid because nobody else struggles with the things that you struggle with or whatever it is, right? Nobody's thinking that way. Shut up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're going to look stupid. Um, he, he, he gets you to um, not only that you're going to look stupid, but then he gets you to start feeling prideful, yeah. right? That I'm the only one struggling with this. Then he gets you feeling like God's abandoned you, mm-hmm. that God's not real, that God's not there, that even if he is real and he is there, he doesn't care. Right, yeah. you start to question God's character. You know, the vast majority of the questions we have about God are about His character. Yeah. It's not about His existence; it's about His character. Yeah, that's true. That's where we really struggle with. I think I think me and Matt have been talking about this because of a, something we've been doing with our students. But um, that that the vast majority of the world believes in the existence of God or a God is the way you would probably say that. But you know what I mean—a higher power or whatever it may be. Vast majority of the world. Yeah. Most people don't question the, I mean, you know, repeatedly. Everybody questions it, but not, aren't hung up on the existence of God. What we get hung up on is the character of God. Yeah. All right. It's very true. We get hung up on a, I know he exists. I know that there's got to be something more. I know that this can't be it. I know that, you know, but why does this happen if he's good? That means he's not good, or that means he doesn't care. Or that means he's absent, or that means he's a, he's a mad mad angry father right (laughs) you know what i mean like he's this he's this you know i'm ticked all the time at us or he's this god that's just uh uh uh, messing with us you know what i mean like he's picking (laughs) on us so he's either an angry father or he's a he's a um a a jokester troublesome uncle who likes to joke on us and mess with us you know we just question his character yeah a lot of people question it too just because of lack of patience i think that's always a one because especially now the way society is, we get everything instant. And, yeah. And then when people aren't willing to wade through the waters of waiting for God to move, then you throw in the towel. Then you say stuff like God don't work no yeah, more. Yeah. He don't do that stuff no yeah. more or whatever, right? Yes. Um, but then he always uh, shows up and does it anyway. And then, then you then you have that moment of like, dang it, I wish. What's funny just... is is you you'll see that, and then about six months later, you'll forget all about it. Yeah, right? and then you'll and still be questioning, where are you at, God? Yeah, do it all over again. But that's what he loves to do. The enemy yeah. loves to throw that thing in there and make you buy the lie of you are alone. Yeah, right. You, because all kinds of things can happen when he gets you to think you're the only one. Yeah. You know, the only one. And I think what we've got to see is is when we look at Jesus. The antidote to the lone because don't you can't tell me that Jesus, who is in human form, right? He takes the he takes the form of a human being, walks as a man on this earth, experiences what we experience. If he experiences what we experience, if he faces the physical pain of the crucifixion, then he's got to feel the emotional pain of the crucifixion. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. He's got to feel the emotional pain of loneliness of people mm-hmm. pulling away. Right, who people like Peter, who look at, I mean, think about this, like because this is on the heels of all this, right? Yeah. In this same scripture in John sixteen, right around there, I can't remember where it's at. It's right in there, is where in the middle of all this, I think it's right before it. Is Peter's like, we'll never deny you, we'll never deny you, and Peter and he goes, Jesus goes, man, give me a break. Yeah, Look, you're going before to. <laughs> the before the sun comes up, bro. Before the sun comes up, you know, you gonna deny me three times. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> Like before the rooster crows, you go and deny me three times. One of them times, Peter denies him is to a middle school girl. Mm. Like I ain't trying to be sexist right now, but I'm saying if you can't defend your faith to a middle school girl, something is wrong with you. Yeah, 
All you got to do is say, I believe in Jesus and your haircut is stupid. And they'll run away and cry. (laughs) (laughs) That that would be very damaging. (laughs) I believe in Jesus and uh, your Instagram ain't no good, right? (laughs) You look stupid on your TikToks. They ain't even going to remember the fact that you don't believe in Jesus. They run away, right? (laughs) Like, he, he, I mean, he didn't, like, so... In the face of of Peter going, no, 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 we will be with you, everybody leaves. Everybody runs away. And he's got the emotional human humanity, yeah. feelings of betrayal and loneliness. And his he's, it's clear, it's clear. His antidote to loneliness is a perfect mind posed on one of these characteristics, which is he knows God's with him. Yeah. He knows no matter what, God is always with him. And if you look back through Scripture and you're like, well, how, how does Jesus walk in this? Because I think it's good for us to think about in this series is, is, okay, this is how Jesus thinks. I need to work on thinking this way. I also need to remember that it's not just me working on it. It's a supernatural thing that I actually have the mind of Christ, right? That the Holy Spirit's doing this work too. But at the same time, you're looking at it and you're going, well, how, what does Jesus do to, to, to walk in this fact of knowing that God is with him all the time, knowing that the Father is with him, knowing that, that he and the Father and the Holy Spirit are one when he's facing this kind of loneliness as a human being? Yeah. And if you look at it, you'll notice that he constantly gets away by himself to be with the Father, to commune with the Father yes. all the time, right? Even in times where you wouldn't think that'd be the case. I mean, you know, you've got this whole group of people pursuing him after the before and after, but more after the uh, miracle of feeding the five thousand, which by the way was more like feeding the eighteen thousand, right? Because it didn't count that that original number feeding five thousand didn't count, uh, just counted men basically, right? So you're talking about like feeding of the twenty thousand is what we ought to say. Yeah, um, he pulls back after that. Even though the people want to be with him, people want to be with him. He pulls back, and you constantly find him going off by himself, you know, making making specific times to just be with the one who's always with him, right? And so I think that the antidote to our loneliness, at least this is what I feel the Holy Spirit doing in me with the mind of Christ, yeah, right? Because I got the mind of Christ, I'm going to get my mind right, is that um, you know I'm not alone, that God is always with me. And one of the ways I can walk in that is to be with the one that's always with me, mm-hmm. right? Intentionally, on purpose, Um and and big part of that is being still. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you you think this or not, Matt, I don't know if you struggle with this, but I do. That humans have, especially, I think it's become more so. It's always been a humanity problem, but we struggle being still. Yeah, I'm terrible at that. <laughs> we struggle being I gotta still. Have, I got to have some music playing or a fan blowing or, or something, because if it's quiet and still, I'm like, something's wrong. Yeah. Why is it like this? I got to have some. Some kind of noise going. I mean, think or about it, like we can't even sit still in a waiting room anymore without going through our phones, playing some games, yeah. reading Yahoo News or whatever it is that you read, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I mean, we got to be doing something all the time. Yeah. We we just can't seem to sit still. Um, we n- people aren't homebodies like they used to be, right? We got to be going and doing something. You know, we can't just be still. Um, I think our prayer life is sort of like that too. Like a lot of people I know, and I struggle with this too. A lot of people I know, they can't even sit still in prayer without throwing some music on in the background. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm guilty of that. I'm too. not saying it's bad. Yeah, I'm just saying that that 
that there's a part of watching Jesus where he is still. He's still. There's this quote from um, Pascal is this is this old school famous philosopher um, that says most of man's problems come from his inability to be still. Yeah, it makes sense. The majority. I mean, this is a this is just a philosopher who's saying that majority of our problems come from the fact that we as humans can't be still. Yeah, and I think that when we're not still, that's when we can quickly. Um, forget that God's with us, right? Or at least not tune into that part. And so you and I have the, if you are a Christ follower today, you have the mind of Jesus, which means that you can know and walk in the fact that God is always with you, Yes, right? God is always with you. Jesus knows that God is always with him. You and I have the imputed righteousness of Jesus, which means we are many Jesuses, right? <laughs> a better way to say that is is we are complete Jesuses but are walking in it until everything finishes. Does that make yes. sense? You know what I mean? Saying? Like, like I don't know, that's probably too weird, but you know <laughs> no, what I mean, I right? Like, like it's done and it's over, but we're walking it out right now. So we're, yeah. not done, we're not finished and it's not perfect and we're still struggling. But also, though, it's already finished. Does that make yes. sense? So we're in the we're in the already not yet part of things. So in in God's eyes, in terms of finality and eternity, you are Jesus. That's who you are. Yeah. All right. And so, but we ain't quite got there yet. So we're walking it out every single day. But if Jesus is fully aware in his humanity that God is always with him, and now he is with the Father, and he and the Father are one, right? He's not on earth anymore, right? He and the Father, the Holy Spirit are one. Then, And he's never alone because part of the part of the, the, the character, the nature is a better word, the part of the nature of God is, is authentic, real community between the pieces of the Godhead, right? Yeah. Then you and I have the mind of Christ as Jesus's that we aren't ever alone either. Yeah. That it's inseparable. This, I mean, and this, this is the concept where Jesus, in that same set of scriptures in 16, where he's saying, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, right? We saw this about it earlier. Um, the, the Holy Spirit is with you. Jesus says, I'll, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. I mean, that's the whole point. Like, you are not alone yeah. because you are connected to real, authentic community in the Godhead, just like Jesus is. And so, you know, to me, that's a big deal. Because especially if you've walked through those seasons of loneliness, like I was talking about, it's easy to buy the lie that you're by yourself. And what Jesus is certain of, his brain is perfection. He's certain of that he is, he's always, he's always with the Father, yes. never alone. And then we can walk in that too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we cannot be um, alone. Yes. And that's a big piece of having a mind like Christ. Um. Because you can know your purpose and you can know who you are and then you can start to doubt the fact that God's with you and then that starts to quake you question your purpose and who you are, right? Yeah. But if you know God's with you, then I think you've got a better chance of actually walking in your purpose and knowing who you are, not being identity confused. You yeah, know what I'm saying? True. So um, anyway, that, that's all I got. Um, yeah. 
You were making me think, if, if you got a second. Yeah, do it. You were making me think about this book. Well, actually, that, we're doing real good. Are we getting on time? 27 minutes? No, we're killing you, it. You, may, you probably read this book because I feel like you've read every book under the sun. But. I read a lot of books, if it, <laughs> but if it's fiction, I ain't read it. So, so if you come what, at me what with about, some... have you read the book Pray Like a Monk? Have you read that one yet? No, I've not read oh, Pray so Like a Monk. This one's amazing. It's, it's like, so heaven, my wife follows everything, Jonathan Melissa Elser. Yeah. And so yep. it was one recommended by him. And there's this part in the book where he talks about where Jesus won that authority back for us. So when we pray in the name of Jesus, it's like, it's like Jesus is going to the throne of God for us, petitioning what, what, what we're praying. And he said, that's when, when you triggered me when you said that we're like, you know, many Jesus, because he said, you know, we're not Jesus, but but when we pray in the name of Jesus, that we're praying like we're Jesus going to God saying, can you, you know, re- uh, well, well, commit, you know. well, where is Christ right now yeah. until until he comes back again, right? And where is Christ right now? He is he is at the right hand of the Father interceding on behalf of the saints, yes. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. great, great Yeah, you made, you made me think about that when you said it. Cause I was Pray like, like a monk. Yeah, you're going to have to, oh my God. It, I haven't read it all, but I've you know got to dive into some of it. It's, it's good. It's pretty cool, too, because think about it, like the, the analogy we were bringing up or the, the way in which we look at how Jesus... Um, knows that God's with him, how he walks it out, was the idea of being still. And that's what monks are basically doing. Yeah. Like they're spending a whole lot of time by themselves with God. That makes yes. any sense, right? So that's cool. I'll have to read that book. Yeah, I, I figured you already had. But. No, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. We'll throw that into uh, the description, too, or we'll throw it on social media or something. Pastor yeah. Matt's book suggestion of the, of the month. There you go. Because uh, I've given you like 100, so... Uh, <laughs> Pray like a monk by the Hesslers. Yes. Yeah, the worship leader. Well, I don't know. If they didn't. Well, know if they, they, did. they didn't. They didn't write oh, it. They, they rec- just referenced Yeah, they recommended it. that they book, it. like one of their book list books to recommend. I can't remember who the author we'll is, but I can it get is. it. Yeah, we'll figure out what it is. It was and we'll throw ta- it out Taylor something. I don't know, but I get it. That's cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're glad you guys joined us today. Once again, let's just recap real fast. Um, there are some characteristics that you that a person who thinks like Jesus has. The first one we talked about was I know exactly who I am. Then it was I know God's purpose in my life. And this week, the one we just finished, is I'm always aware that God is with me. Look, if you're a Christ follower, you have the mind of Christ. Be assured that you can walk in the fact, not just knowing it head knowledge, but walk in the fact that you can know without a shadow of a doubt and think. Have your mind centered on the fact that God is with you. You're never alone. Yes. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank Give us guys. a rate or a share or whatever it does, whatever you do on whatever platform it is. Yes. And we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.